Welcome Beyond the Neutral Zone. I am Brandon, joined by my good friends Tanner and Ben. Today is Wednesday, January 10th. We've got a lot to talk about today. We've got the first round of the playoffs coming up. We've got some coach firings we need to get into. Um, before we get into any of that, Tanner, uh, we'll start with Nick Saban. Nick Saban announced his retirement today. You're the Alabama fan. Tell us how you're feeling. Um, just just in general, what you're, what are you feeling? Yeah. Um, to be honest, man, like, uh, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Like, I actually got emotional. I really did. Right. Because, like, Nick Saban has been the coach of Alabama literally since I was 10 years old. Like, when I first started, like, when I when I went to my first Alabama game, like, Nick Saban was the coach. So, I'm not going to lie. It, it kind of made me a little emotional. Just because, I mean, it's – I know this this – saying is used way too often, but it really is the end of an era, 100%. Oh, like, of course. Yeah, 100%. Like, you know, he's the greatest coach of all time, in college at least. Like, I don't really know how you can dispute that anymore. I mean, just his record at Alabama, I think, was 209-34 and 34 or something like that. Like, I don't think people understand, like, that what that that is one of – I thought it was – like two ninety something. No, I think I think it's like two oh nine. I think it's like two oh nine and thirty four or something like that. And that's just his tenure at Alabama. Um, I mean, obviously he didn't make it in the NFL, but that's why I said he's the greatest college coach of all time. But yeah, it, it's it was emotional, man. I'm not lying. Um, two ninety seven and seventy one. Just at Alabama. Just at Alabama. There's point eight, point eight zero six. That's wild. Horn thought, no, that no, doesn't sound two, right. 206 and 29 in Tuscaloosa. That's right. Okay. okay. That sounds a lot better. Okay. Yeah. So, I, yeah. Um, d- d- honestly, there, there's not a lot more to say, man. Like, incredible career. I was a little shocked, though. I honestly thought that he would retire. I knew we were close because even like some of his pros, his post game comments, he wasn't as hard as he normally was. Like he was more, he he sounded more grateful for the situation and environments more than. D- does that make sense? Like yeah. you've seen Saban post game, right? Like yeah. it just didn't. It it didn't feel like the normal past Saban. Like it it felt his post games were different. Right. Like more thankful for the situation like you know yeah so um i honestly thought that he would retire after he won one more national championship so i wasn't expecting him to retire but i knew that we were getting close i and i mean i i feel like it, it honestly makes me regret a little bit not paying more attention to Alabama games because I worked a lot of them, obviously, where, where, you know, with my job and being a bartender and everything. Yeah. I worked a lot of Alabama games. So it kind of makes me a little mad at myself that, like, I didn't, I, I wasn't able to, like, really zone in and watch, like, all the Alabama games, like, snap for snap this year. Because, I mean, I, I feel like, in a way, I missed my chance to watch the greatest college football coach coaches last season kind of like and you guys are probably going to laugh at this comparison but it's almost like you know Tom Brady in his final season 
you know, like, it, it's more of like a, you don't realize you're watching, you don't realize you're watching greatness for the last time until they've retired. Like, does that make right. sense, what I'm trying to say? The only, thing I, the only thing I push back on that is Tom Brady's last season, I think everybody knew it was his last season. Except me. And and apparently Nick Saban too, because all year long I've been hearing that this is Nick Saban's last season. I have been too, but so. I didn't. I have been too, but I honestly, me and Tyler were talking about this, and I said it would be his last season if he won a national championship this year. I did not think that he would retire. I thought he would want to go out with a bang, like one more national championship. I kind of get what you're saying. For me, that feeling was whenever Dwayne Wade and Kobe Bryant retired. Like, they both said, this is our last tour. Like, we're doing one more season and then we're hanging up. Both of them did that. But then, like, after they played their last game and retired, it was like, oh, wait, they're actually, like, they're really gone now. Like, that's greatness. And now it's just not there anymore. So, that's... That's kind of what I would compare it to for me. It's like, dang, that is something legit that we kind of take for granted while it's happening. And then as soon as it's over, it's like, oh, man, that was that was special. That doesn't just happen. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, Nick, the Nick Saban uh, retiring is already having a – big effect on college football. There's already been multiple Alabama guys entering the transfer portal, already guys that were in the transfer portal, already making decisions that they're where they're going. Um, Kentucky is one of those places that is going all in on Alabama players. Like, they've already got two. They got two of them committed today. Who was The it? same day. One of them was a corner, a four-star corner. I can't remember his name. Okay. Uh, and the other one was a receiver. Can't remember his name either. Um, Kentucky just has all the receivers. Uh, yeah, I don't know how they have room for all the receivers they've got. Uh, apparently, like Mark Stoops, uh, he apparently knew that this was happening. I, I, I'm guessing more than Mark Stoops. I'm guessing multiple coaches knew that this was happening days ago. But they, Mark Stoops, days ago, went to like all the boosters and like just told them this was happening, and apparently doubled their nil, doubled their nil money thing, like in just one or two days. Like, hey. All these Alabama guys are becoming available. We need more NIL money. And the boosters are like, okay, here you go. Like, apparently, Kentucky is all in, dude. Uh, and so, so what were you about to say? No, no, I thought you were done. Um, I, I will say that, well, this is kind of a little off topic, so you can finish up with whatever you were I was pretty much done. What I was going to say, and, like, I, I'm not going to lie, like, I've been, I know this sounds weird, but I've been just kind of processing the fact, like, Nick Saban's gone. So like I haven't I haven't even began to think about who I want the next coach to be. Like it, it has right. not even crossed my mind. I will say that and the only reason I'm even touching on this is because you said something about it earlier before we started the podcast. The only coach that I feel can come in to Alabama, either way, no matter who the coach is, okay, I legitimately feel sorry for them. I'm yep. not joking. I Same. I feel sorry for them, and I will be praying for you 100%, okay? Because the expectation that Nick Saban has set, it is almost impossible. Like, legitimately. I, I, I think, it is almost impossible. I think it is impossible. I, mean, I, I don't think it's almost impossible. I think it is, especially with yeah. the 12-team playoff, yeah. there's going to be a lot more randomness now yeah. than there was before. Yeah. You're just not going to be able to win championships at that yeah. percentage anymore. It's just not possible. The only person that I feel like 
can come in to this situation and not and have some sort of grace with fans, and I'm talking even a bare a little bit of grace with fans, yeah. would be Lane Kiffin. I agree. I, I, I think Lane Kiffin is the only coach that you can get that will not send fans just out for blood. And like I said, legitimately, I feel sorry for whoever the coach of this this Alabama I agree. team is. I have a quick like do you think Saban steps away without giving like obviously he gave Alabama a heads up like, hey, this is my last year, like look for your replacement. But do you think he actually retires if they don't already know who they're getting? Like, do you think Alabama already has a coach they know 100% they're signing? Like, or do you think they're looking? The thing is, I'm not 100% convinced that Alabama knew. I'm not 1,000% convinced that, like, he came straight out and said, guys, this is my last season. Because... And, and and one reason that I'm not convinced of that is maybe they did because it is Nick Saban. But the way media is now and everything of that nature, that news does not get broke out of Nick Saban's lips and it not hit the media at some point. Like, I yeah. don't feel like yeah. Nick Saban would come out and say that for fear of that coming out. I just, he, 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 may though, not, he may not have made it official with yeah. them, but I'm sure that... I think, I'm sure before the season, I'm sure he gave them a warning. Like, yeah. hey, I think this is my last season. I, I just I'm disagree sure. with that. I think with a lot of coaches, I would agree with you. I think everyone has enough respect for Nick Saban. If he says, this is my last year, but I want to be the one to announce it. Like, I think people have enough respect for Saban to not break that news. I, I don't know, man. And like and the only reason that I'm that I'm coming up with this is you would think the same thing with Brady. But somebody in his inner circle came out and put the news out. Like he had told his Everyone inner circle. Everyone knew Brady it's was different. retiring. Well no, I'm talking about the first time. The first time that he announced his retirement well, see, somebody, he came out. He can't. Brady actually said that he was not ready to come out with the news. It was broke for him. Yeah, like he was not ready to retire. It was broke for him. So I personally think that exact same situation comes prob- into play with Saban. It was probably his ex-wife that broke the news for him. Well, it, was, was it was, somebody, it was see, somebody in his inner some, circle. But somebody, I can't somebody did break it about Nick Saban because everybody had been talking about it all year long that this was probably his last year. So it came out from somewhere. Yeah, I, I think I think that came. I didn't, and, and this is just me. I didn't hear a lot of those rumblings. The, the I heard the rumblings, but they didn't catch fire until people started dissecting his post game co- press conferences. That's when it was like, guys, this may be Saban's last year because he has a completely different attitude. I wasn't even hearing maybe like the sports media that yeah. I've been listening to, especially the second half of the season. Everybody was like, this is this is Saban's last year. Like he's he's done. Like uh, maybe I just didn't. Want I heard it a lot during like the week where Alabama was playing against Ole Miss. So like there was talking about Lane Kiffin and stuff. I heard it a lot that week. Like this is Nick Saban's last year. Yeah. This is Kiffin's last chance to get him. Mm-hmm. Uh like I heard it like everybody was making it pretty clear, like, hey, this is this is it. So yeah. this is it for Saban. Yeah. So it, it didn't even seem like a rumor kind of thing to me. It seemed like, hey, it's this is gonna be the last run. I, I think yeah. But I mean I just 
like I said, I, I haven't even thought about who I wanted the next coach to be. I brought up the Nick Saban point just because it was brought up earlier. I will be praying for whoever the next coach is because, yeah. like, you are stepping you, in you to said a – Saban again. But yeah, you mean, you mean Kiffin? Oh, Kiffin. Yeah. You are stepping into a situation 100%. So, yeah. like – Hey, look, dude, if I – And I, I'm cautioning – just let me say this really quick. Even if there are Alabama fans that listen to this podcast, dude, like, whoever the next coach is, you need to realize they are not Nick Saban. You have got to show whoever this coach is some grace. You cannot be screaming for them to get fired after one or two seasons. Like it's gonna happen, and I I know it will. But that is the expectation that Nick Saban has set at Alabama. But yeah, you cannot do it. Like it would not. It legitimately, guys, would not surprise me if Alabama comes out with a seven and five, eight and four season next year. Oh, I'm not joking, bro. Because I maybe maybe eight and four. I like. I mean, I. Maybe seven and five, probably not. Yeah, eight and four. I'll say this: anything above eight and four, you should be thrilled to death. If you go nine and three, you should be ecstatic about that, coach. I I think eight and four is probably a realistic goal with the players they're losing in the transfer portal, and I don't think they're going to get as good of a recruit. Like people aren't going to. I mean, it is still Alabama. It is still the SEC. Depends it, on who the coach is. It just means more in the SEC. Yeah. It really does. So, like, playing SEC football is big no matter what school you go to. Mm-hmm. So, and Alabama has been great for so long. Like, I get Nick Saban was the part of Alabama that was great this for so long. Another, But they have built themselves up enough to get some. Reports. Another reason that you all need to be insanely graceful to whoever this next coach is. I don't, even before these transfers, I don't think Alabama's roster is that good. Like, they're not an elite roster, even this year. The reason why you all did as good as you did this year is because Nick Saban is that good. Like, I don't think this roster is great. The thing is, they're just, especially the O-line. Yeah. This O-line the is so young, bro. The O-line is so young. I mean, Jalen like Jalen Milrow is only a sophomore. I don't think people know that. Yeah. Like, this entire team is so young, bro. So, like... And that's another reason that, like, this catches me so off guard, bro, is, like, the the team the team is so young. Like, I just, maybe Saban didn't want to mess with the 12-team playoff. I, I don't know if maybe he just didn't yeah. want to mess with it or, like, he just decided, you know, we made the college football playoff this year, you know, what, which obviously this was what happened, making the college football playoff, Whatever happens, I'm walking away. Like, maybe that's where his mindset was, which obviously this is what happened. But with how young this team is and the fact that a lot of the key components are coming back, it shocks me, bro. It really does. I think that's part of the reason. I think he wanted to leave Alabama in a spot where he knew they were still going to be somewhat okay, even if he was gone. So, So another piggybacking off what you said about maybe leaving for the 12-team playoff, I – Look, the past few years, a ton has changed about being a college football coach. Mm-hmm. All right, so the transfer portal opened up. He had major, major change. you got to do things completely different. He the, has hated that as well. The, yeah, of course. The NIL thing came in, and that's a major, major change you got to deal with as well. Those are two huge changes 
that he had to adjust to. By the way, since those two things, has he won a national championship? I don't think he has since those two things happened. I actually don't think so. This has been, I think this has been the first year under Nick Saban where there has been a three-year span where he has not won the national championship. And that coincides with NIL and transfer portal at that exact Mm -hmm. same time. And then, and then this twelve-team playoff is going to make be a major change again. How you, how you need to operate at the end of the season. So th- I think he's just saying, like, look, these are just all new things. He's like, I dominated forever in college football. It's changing. The landscape is changing. I'm old. Like, what's the point of me learning how to do this new thing at this point? Like, is I'm only going to be doing this a few more years at the most anyway. So I might as well go ahead and back out now. He has been very outspoken as well about how much he does not like what the NIL and transfer portal has done to college football. Yeah, I I, I, I respect that opinion. Um, But yeah, it's just, you know, it's just a bunch of new things. There's no reason for him to figure out how to learn something new whenever he's about to be done anyway. So I think the timing makes sense. I understand it. Uh what you said at the beginning of the episode, Nick Saban is the great, not just the greatest college football coach ever. He is the greatest football coach ever. Period. You put him over Bill Belichick. Yes. Yes. Wow. Seriously. Um, yeah. Because look, the NFL, a lot of success in the NFL has to do with luck. Okay. So Nick, you said Nick Saban didn't have a good NFL career. Nick Saban, oh, he was only in there for like two years. Two years. He so went fourteen, that, fifteen. That's a so lot I mean, of bad luck. Yeah. Uh, you know you. You know, in fourteen to fifteen is really that's pretty solid. So a lot of people trash a lot of people trash on Saban because he passed up on Drew Brees. That's where a lot of people. I mean, people passed up. Nick a lot of people pe- passed pe- on Drew Brees. Twenty twenty five people passed on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, I mean, good grief. I mean, who cares? I'm saying that's people's biggest knock on Saban care. when it comes. to A the lot NFL. of people passed on Jordan Love. Yeah, yeah. Pe- people pass. People miss on quarterbacks every year. That's yeah. not. I don't care about. That. Yeah. Uh, Drew Brees was also like five foot nine. I mean, give me yeah. a break. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I, so I I think Nick Saban is the greatest coach ever, and I don't even. I used to think Bill Belichick was at that same level, but I wouldn't put him at the same level anymore. Bill Belichick's still clear number two, but Nick Saban's number one. I, I don't even think it's close. Bill Belichick is the just a defensive mastermind. Yeah. That's simple. He's, like he's he's, he's a defensive mastermind. So is Nick Saban. I don't think his offenses. Amazing. Well, well his defense his is so great, so yeah. it's like doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, and Nick's, and it, it, here's the thing about college football compared to the NFL too. College football, the head coach has complete control of everything. Yeah. Everything. The recruiting, yeah. the the staff, that now it's the NIL money, the transfer portals. The, the head coach has complete control over every single thing. So if you are having absolute dominant success year in and year out, it's all because of the head coach. NFL's a little bit different, and Bill Belichick's also a little bit different because he was also he's also been the GM this whole time. Yeah. Um. So you got the head coach, you got the GM, you got the ownership, you've got players that are that are demanding. There are grown men that are professionals that are making more money than the coach. So a lot of it has to. I mean, with the NIL, the boys are making more money than the coach. Also. That's not true. These, I don't know. Yeah, probably not in Alabama. That's, that's, none of them are probably making more than the same. No, no, coach. Because if if you're if you're at a high if you're at a high school if you're high school if you're at a college where the coach is making only like one or two million dollars, that college isn't giving. You're one telling or two me million. that Bronny James isn't making more than the USC basketball coach right now? Maybe Bronny James. That's a really weird exception. Uh, that's that's a really. Bronny James is making like four and, and, and you're a half talking about billion. college basketball. Col- we were talking about college football. College football Fair coaches enough. make a ton of money. 
And college basketball, you can give more money to one individual player because one individual what player. About Arch Manning? Especially at your big step. That I literally just looked that up. Archie Manning, because I figured if anybody was making NIL quarterback-wise, making more than a coach, it would be Steve Sarkeesian, Archie Manning situation, but still no. Yeah. Um, Steve Sarkeesian is making five, $5.5 million a year. Archie Manning's making 3.2. Okay. Yeah. So that's pretty close. Yeah, it's, it's close. Two but. million dollars difference between what a twenty. Which that's another thing, bro. I'm sorry, Archie Manning does not uh, Arch, need to be ma- Archman. 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 He does not need to be making that much when he has no. not touched the field. Look, I'm sorry, I, that is way. Too I big. agree with that. That is way too much. I bro. completely agree with that. But we need to. If you you can have a negative opinion on that. What, but we shouldn't have a negative opinion on Arch Manning for that. Okay, that's not no, Arch Manning. No, I'm not. I, and yeah. If it came across that way, I, yeah. that is not how I mean it whatsoever. Yeah. Okay. If it came, but I'm saying I'm no backup quarterback, no college no. as a freshman, okay. bro. Here's should the, be come on. Dude. Here's the like, thing: no. like, at, if you're Arch Manning, you're taking that money. You you didn't, of course, you didn't do anything wrong. These people want you because of your name and like. You believe you've put the work in, so you're like, okay, if these people want to sign me, then I'm going to sign a contract and make money. I'm not going to say no. But then, like, at the same time, you're not even the starting quarterback on your own team, and it's not like you all were bad. Like, Quinn Ewers just went off this season, and he's not even coming close to the NIL money that Arch Manning is getting. Right. It's just, it's insane, but. All right, uh, we're going to move on from college football and Nick Saban now, unless you've got something else you want to add, Tanner. Are you done with it? No, I'm Roll Tide. Okay. All right, we're going to move go. into NFL talk. We're going to talk about coach firings in the NFL. We're going to start with Mike Vrabel. We're Pitt. just going to skip over the fact I said Roll Tide. I hate Alabama. Bro, I, you I, guys I said Roll Tide? My man, dude. Tanner. My man. He hey, can I get a Roll Tide, Brady? No. He didn't even notice. Can I get a Roll Tide? No, we're moving on. Mike Vrabel fired by the Tennessee Titans. Tanner, five-minute monologue, go. Bro, I've got a lot I want to say about this. So, everybody knows that's listening to this podcast. I am a diehard Titans fan. Literally to the point they control my moods on Sundays, okay? This was the right decision for the Titans to make, okay? I'm sorry, this was the right decision. And I'm going to break this down, why I believe this was the right decision, okay? Number one... Mike Vrabel, and we touched on this on the podcast, okay? And this is one of the main points. It is not the, it is one of the main points. Mike Vrabel is a complete ego. Bro, he has one of the highest egos in the NFL as far as coaches go, okay? And that has been shown multiple times, okay? He did not want Rank Carthon hired, okay? Mike Vrabel wanted Ryan Calden hired last year, during the whole GM process, okay? Why would Mike Vrabel not want Rank Carthon? Why would he want Ryan Cowden? That is a fantastic question. I'm going to answer this for you guys. Ryan Cowden would have been Mike Vrabel's yes man, okay? Literally. Mike Vrabel says jump. Ryan Cowden says, yes, sir, how high? Okay, obviously, that has not been the situation with Rank Carthon, okay? Amy, Amy Adams and the rest of the... They hired Rank Carthon. And by what Rand Carthon has done with the Titans in one year, you can, if you legitimately do not like what Rand Carthon has done, you don't need to be a Titans fan, bro. Like, either that or you have your nose so far up Mike Vrabel's hunt in, you just can't see the clear picture, okay? 
Rancarth, every single decision that Rancarthon has made for this Tennessee Titans team in a year has been gold. The only thing that I can, and the only thing, and I have even on this podcast been critical of this, the only thing that I personally feel like Rancarthon could have done was got more for Kevin Byer. Other than that, we have literally had the best draft class this year than we've had in years, maybe 2019, okay? Will Levis, it looks like we have our franchise quarterback. Uh, Peter Skaronsky has been phenomenal as a position change at the left guard position. Peter Skaronsky has looked fantastic, okay? Um, Tajay's looked great. I mean, Tajay Spears looks absolutely fantastic. He brought in Arden Key. Arden Key has been an incredible addition to the defensive line. He brought in Aziz Alshire. Aziz Alshire broke the Titans' record for tackles this year. He brought in Sean Murphy Bunting. Sean Murphy Bunting was by far the best cornerback that we had. Why did we bring in Rand Carthon? Rand Carthon came from the 49ers organization. Rand Carthon knows player scouting. He knows what players to bring into the Titans organization. Also, what also has he done? He has finally brought an analytics department to the Tennessee Titans. Statistically, the Titans have been dead last in the analytics. We literally had a general manager say, I am the analytics department. Bro, get out of here with that nonsense. John Robinson literally said, and I quote, I am the analytics department. How has that been working out for you? You don't have a job anymore, okay? So, Rancarthon has modernized the Tennessee Titans now, okay? So, bringing that back, this situation came down, okay, to Mike Vrabel or Rancarthon, okay? Which is poetry in motion, literally. Because last year, because of Mike Vrabel's ego, yes, which was the right decision, he gave the exact same thing to Amy Adams. It's either John Robinson or me. We chose Mike Vrabel because that was the right decision. It was either Rand Carthon or Mike Vrabel because they could not get along. There was a report. Mike Vrabel literally wanted to go to Amy and other people underneath Amy and wanted a neutral third party brought in over Rand Carthon. So when Mike Vrabel and Rand Carthon didn't agree, that third party would have final say. What are we, 12? Seriously? Like, you're like, yeah, this is uh, this is Mike Vrabel's ego, bro. And what has he done to earn that? Okay, let's break that down even more. Okay, my I'm not saying Mike Vrabel is not a good coach. Okay, I Mike Vrabel is probably the best coach we've had in Titans history. Okay, literally, Jeff Fisher is the only one that you can, the only other coach that you can bring into that conversation. Okay, but Mike Vrabel inherited the team that he got. Okay, Ben Jones at center. We had Taylor Lewan at left tackle. All of those offensive linemen that we had at that time, Mike Vrabel didn't draft. Mike Vrabel didn't bring with him. Mike Vrabel didn't pick up. They were already a Titan. Mike Vrabel didn't draft Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry was already there. Uh, I don't think, unless I'm wrong, he didn't draft Mariota, but obviously Mariota didn't work out, okay? He did bring in Ryan Tannehill, but everybody that was on that team with Mike Vrabel, Mike, did, did Mike, Mike Vrabel didn't draft Derrick Henry, did he? I don't think I, mean, I don't think he did. That was around Mike Vrabel. It was, it was around the time that he did not draft. He did not draft Derrick Henry. Okay, so now that those offensive linemen are gone, okay, AJ Brown is gone. Okay, Derrick Henry is getting toward the end of his career. Okay, 
What I, has Mike Vrabel done without Rand Carthon? I will say Mike, Mike Vrabel's not a team builder, guys. I will say Mike Vrabel was pissed off when they traded him. He was, around. 100%, and rightfully so he should have been because that was one of the worst decisions in maybe the history of the Tennessee Titans. Considering what the Tennessee Titans got in return, a first-round pick that you literally traded, probably arguably the number two receiver in the entire NFL, for somebody that it looks like we literally could have got him in the fourth round. Okay? So I'm sorry. This came down to Mike Vrabel or Rand Carthon. You could not. My dream scenario. Now look, and I'm going to be the first one. My dream scenario would have been give Mike Vrabel one more year. Okay? Because in the past two seasons, the dude has went 13 20, let me see. 13 and 21. 13, I think it's, I think it's like 13 and 24, actually. And in the last 10 division games, he's went 1 and 9. Okay? In the last 10 division games. I get it. Give him, the talent's not there. That's what I am seeing everybody say. The talent is not there. The talent is not yet, there. Yes, I agree. But it's more than that, guys. Open your eyes. This is not a decision that was made on talent. This was a decision on Mike Vrabel's ego. This was a Mike Vrabel ego decision, okay? And this came down to Rand Carthon or Mike Vrabel. And by what, based on what Rand Carthon has done for the Tennessee Titans in one year, guys, you cannot pick Mike Vrabel over Rand Carthon. You just can't do it. You can't do it. And... Another thing that people aren't talking about, I'm not 100% convinced that Mike Vrabel did not have one foot out the door to go to the Patriots. I'm sorry. I'm not convinced about that, okay? Because we all know that Bill Belichick's leaving. Who did Mike Vrabel play for? He played for the Patriots, okay? And that's another thing that people are not talking about, okay? You, you're not going to be able to convince me that Mike Vrabel did not have one foot out the door to take this Patriots job because Mike Vrabel is going to the Patriots. Bill Belichick is not going to be a part of the Patriots next year. Mike Vrabel is going to be there, okay? Because literally earlier when Mike Vrabel was put into the Patriots Hall of Fame, okay, or not the Hall of Fame, but when Mike Vrabel, you remember the game that I'm talking about, when they honored Mike Vrabel. Ring of Honor. The Ring of Honor. Yes, the Ring of Honor, okay? There was video of Mike Vrabel cutting it up, cutting it up and just laughing and button shoulders and all of this with... Um, Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft, yes. So... How do we know that Mike Vrabel did not have one foot out the door with how this Titan team looks? Guys, there is so much more to this story. Like, open your eyes, okay? Like, take a step back. Get off the, what has Mike Vrabel done for us three years ago? Okay? Let's look at the now, okay? And another thing, is anybody here totally convinced that Mike Vrabel could get the best? And get peak performance out of Will Levis. I th I think that's the offensive coordinator. I I don't like Mike Vrabel. Just needs to give the power to the offensive coordinator. For and that. he's not going to do that. I think he he no. he kind of started leaning into that. He's not. Bit. No, he is not. I'm sorry, Mike Vrabel with his ego is not going to do that. See, okay, because Mike I, Mike Vrabel has. Come, the, I'll push back on that a little bit because when Matt Lafleur was there, he let Matt Lafleur have control. Whenever Arthur Smith was there, he let Arthur Smith have control. Like he he let those guys control those offenses. Mike Mike Vra Mike Vrabel has come out and said in press conferences. Okay, he is a 
we're going to win the game in the trenches. We're going to get in third and manageable, and we're going to get first out. We're going to get in third and manageable situations, get first downs. Okay? I, the principle, yeah. What's what's wrong with getting a first down on first down? What's wrong with getting a first down on second Matt down? Matt LaFleur like, didn't operate like that, though. But was there. They, they take it. Matt LaFleur has taken the reins off Jordan Love. Okay? Like, Jordan Love, like... In my, with I'm talking about when he was with Tennessee. I'm talking about when he was with the Titans. I'm, Matt, well, I'm the, talking about Matt Lafleur now. So, but I'm talking about but the the Matt Lafleur you see now. He's a little more aggressive now, but it's because he's got the kind of players he could be more aggressive with. He didn't have this kind of quarterback with the Titans. Ryan Tannehill was decent. I like Tannehill, but he's not Jordan Love. He, he can't be that aggressive. We all know how I feel about Ryan Tannehill. He he did play action bombs on first down. Matt Lafleur did those kind of plays. You know, like I, Rabel allowed him to do that sometimes. Like he didn't do it a lot, not not as not as much as he do as he's doing now, but he did do that. Uh, Arthur Smith ran a very fun offense. That was an incredibly creative offense. They did all kinds of stuff um, with, with, especially when you got players like AJ Brown, and they they involved the tight ends a lot. I, I, obviously, those were great offensive lines too. So it's it's a little harder to judge what's going on now compared to those teams. And that's what I'm saying. But, my dream scenario, and I'll say this, and then I'll let you guys go. That's why I'm saying my dream scenario, if I had to choose, would have been give Mike Vrabel one more year to see how this draft goes. Okay, I'm sorry. We have eight picks in this coming up draft. We have eight picks with a top ten pick and eighty five million dollars in free agency that we can spend. There is no excuse for the Titans to be as bad as they were this year. Zero excuse. Really? This year? Zero I, I feel excuse. like there's a really good excuse for this year. No, I'm saying next year. For next there's year. No, I'm okay. saying next year there's no excuse you can for make us to argument. be as bad this year. There's yeah. no excuse. I'll, I'll still say that I don't think the expectations should be playoffs next year. I'm not saying playoffs. But, but you I'm, should be competitive. I agree with that. I agree with that. Okay, so we should be next year... If we're not put, if we're not in a wild card conversation, I would consider it a failure. I'm not saying win the division. Yeah. We have to be go, in the go, wild card conversation. Go at least eight and nine. Okay, that's. I think if you go eight and nine, I feel like that's acceptable. With eight, I, I, I still, I dude, still don't know about that. Dude, the I, Packers, I the Packers this year. That was my goal for the Packers was for them to go eight and nine. The I, Titans I, are not a good football team right now, dude. They're just not. Well, he, they he's talking about with the draft picks and the the salary cap, the, I get the cap that, space. But you can't just. They're, the, the Titans are not going to be able to, to attract yeah, top-tier free agents without overpaying them. And They're going to have to overpay. Especially right after firing Mike Vrabel. Because yeah. say what you want to about his coaching style or whatever, the players still had respect for Mike Vrabel. They thought he was a good coach. And players like typically like to play for people that have played before. They're like, they get what we go through. Like, yeah, they're going to be tough, but at least they've been here been in our shoes. After firing Mike Vrabel, they're like, why would I go to Tennessee right now? They just had a horrible record. They they think Will Levis is the guy, but they're still not 100% sold. I like Will Levis, but like players aren't going to be 100% sold. Like they don't really have a pitch to lure free agents right now. So Tanner, I'm for I'm going to tell you the points that I agree with you on on reasons to fire Mike Grable. So I'm and then after I give you those points, I'm gonna give you some more points on why I don't think they should have fired Mike Grable. So number one, Mike Grable has an ego. You're right about that. He definitely does. Um but 
what I would push back on that is all the great coaches have an ego. Every one of them do. Uh, they all have big egos, and they're all hard to work with from general manager's point of view. Every one of them. Uh, with with the exception of maybe Kyle Shanahan, I've never heard an issue with Kyle Shanahan, but even he's got an ego, but I've never heard of him having an issue with general managers. Um, because the GM just knows that he's right. They're like, all right. Yeah, J- John say, Lynch right. is just like, hey, dude, you're really good at your job. Keep doing it. Um, but all the great, all the really good coaches have really big egos. Um, so I don't really have a problem with my coach having a big ego. Um, now, the Rand Carthon feud with with Vrabel and Carthon is a little strange because the ownership should have because they fired John Robinson because of Mike Vrabel. So on the next GM, you would think that hey, we're going to make sure we get a GM that gets along with Mike Vrabel. So why did they hire another GM that doesn't get along with Mike Vrabel? I I think that's an ownership mistake. No. I think I think that's a big mistake Sorry, on their part. Um, so, so anyway, that's, that's, that's a weird thing for me. Uh, the foot out the door thing, I think you could be right about that too, going to the Patriots, but here's what I would push back on that. If, if, if Mike Vrabel really wants to go to the Patriots and the Patriots really want Mike Vrabel, you can trade Mike Vrabel to the Patriots for like a second round pick at the minimum. You are going to get something for him. 100%. Why do you disagree with that? So, I, I didn't know this, but when you look into how complicated it is to trade a coach, you're taking the risk on all of the coaches that you could hire being gone. Like, I didn't realize it is as long as a process to trade a coach like it is, bro. Like, there's, like, rules the NFL has placed into this. Like, yeah. you are taking risk on Every head coach you want being gone by the time you trade for him. Hey, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this I, I right just, now. Uh, that makes sense to me, but I'll go ahead and tell you this right now. The Titans, when it comes to top talent coaches, the only team I think the Titans are going to be ahead of as far as hiring a new coach is probably the Commanders. I think the Commanders, the Commanders, commanders. Are, the commanders are probably dead last as far as the coaching carousel goes. The, tit- the Titans are second to last. Uh, they're they're going to go to the Chargers first. They're going to go to the Raiders. They're, they're not going to go to the Titans are above the Panthers. Okay, you're probably right about that. Panthers, Chargers. Okay, so you're right about that. Um, so maybe they're ahead of two teams. But the tight, it's, it's not you like make, Titans. You make Panthers, Commanders. Yeah, Panthers, Commanders. The pan- it's head not coach like, would love the Chargers job, right? Yeah, now. it's not like the Titans are at the top of the carousel here. Okay, they're not. Okay, so anyway, I made that point. Um, one of my biggest. There ha- apparently, there has already been eight to ten coaches that have reached out to Amy wanting an interview. Okay, that doesn't mean they're good that coaches. That doesn't mean. But so let me let me let me point let me get to my negatives now for why I think this was a mistake. Um, one, as one of the most simple points you could make. I, this isn't very well thought out or anything, but this is just as simple as it gets. Mike Vrabel's a really good coach. He's a top ten coach. I don't even think anybody can debate that. He's top ten easily. Like before this season, I probably would have said top five, but I think my opinion of him has dropped a little bit. But he's still top ten. He's a top ten coach. Um, and going along with that point, whatever coach you replace him with next year is not as good as Mike Vrabel. You you will not get a coach as good as Mike Vrabel. That's just straight up period fact. It's just not happening. Um, you, your best case scenario. This is if everything goes perfect for the Titans. So. Let me before I go. Let me go with, before I give the best case scenario. Let me give another negative. This is terrible for the development of Will Levis. This is just atrocious. Mm. This is so bad. 
You have a rookie quarterback that shows promise. You just completely wipe everything clean. He has to start completely over next year, learn a completely different system with a completely different head coach. The head coach didn't draft him. The head coach doesn't really trust Will Levis because he's not he's not his guy. Like Will Will Levis is going to be being uncomfortable again. He's uncomfortable again starting over. He has to prove himself to another coach now. Actually, like, that's just that. I, it's terrible for his development. Just just go look at history, man. Rookie like, quarterbacks that have multiple coaches this early in their career, it doesn't work out. The, the thing, the and, thing is, no. The on. thing is, the thing that I disagree with you to this point. Okay, if the Titans hire a defensive-minded coach, we're talking, we're talking somebody like Dan Quinn, somebody of that nature. 1,000% I agree with you. Yeah. Because then you're taking the risk on the offensive coordinator carousel. Like, that that can't happen. You can't rotate offensive coordinators. That's what could screw Will Levis up. But if you bring in an offensive-minded head coach, an offensive-minded head coach, okay, that is what could help Will Levis. Because you're giving yeah. him some sort of stability. Yeah. Defensive-minded coaches... When you have a franchise quarterback like this, is the worst thing that you can do. It's the worst thing, man, because you're literally rotating offensive coordinators. Like every two or three years, they're getting promoted to head coaching positions. Okay, but if you have an offensive-minded coach like um, the Packers' offensive coordinator, dude from the Texans, I can't remember what his name is right now. The the Ravens' offensive coordinator. Like if you bring in an offensive-minded coach. That's the stability that Will Levis needs because you're not taking the risk on rotating offensive I, coordinators. I agree with all that. That's I, that's what I was about to say was the best case scenario. The best case scenario is if they bring in an offensive coach that clicks it perfect next year and they just get going quickly. Mm-hmm. And then he's just locked in with Will Levis' career the rest of his career, basically. That is best case scenario. The chances of that hitting is so low. And... I just think the risk you're taking of resetting everything for Will Levis is a way higher risk than that reward of that best-case scenario. Now, that best-case scenario could happen, and everybody could look like a genius two years from now. It's possible. I just think that risk is way too high. Uh, Because I thought there was promising things moving forward with the current way things were set up this year. They were a bad team this year, but there was enough promising signs with everything the way it's set up right now that things could work out well a couple years from now. So you're just wiping that clean, even with the promising things we saw this year, is a bit strange. Um, Okay, so I I get what you're saying, but you're not talking about a very key component in this. You're not talking about the Vrabel and Carthon thing, okay? If your head coach doesn't get along with your GM and they're butting heads the entire time, literally to the fact of your head coach is wanting to go to Amy to bring a neutral third party in so they have the final say if they don't agree, okay, if you stick with Mike Vrabel next year, they still don't butt heads. The team still sucks because they don't butt heads. Mike Vrabel gets fired halfway through the season. How is that any better on Will Levis and the Titans? Versus firing him right now, getting some sort of stability, interviewing these guys, Rand Carthon, who has proven that the decisions that he made last offseason, he nailed every single one of them. How, like... How is so, that? How is hanging on to Mike Vrabel and taking, the, hanging on to the ego 
of Mike Vrabel butting heads with Rand Carthon, the new GM. Right. How is that better for the situation so, and Will Levis versus getting rid of that problem? If he has one foot out the door, let him go. Get rid of his ego. Hire the guy that you want. Like, how, how is that better? So my pushback on that would be Rand Carthon. First of all, again, I'll make the point, I think it was an ownership mistake to hire a GM that your coach didn't like. That doesn't make any sense. Um, that that was the but, be- that was the best scenario. Because you – really quick, I want to push back on that, okay, because I meant to do that, but I just forgot about it. That was the best possible scenario for them. Because literally, dude, if you hire Ryan Calden, the stuff that we saw last year – that doesn't happen because you have a yes man for Ryan Tannehill. Just, well, let me let me ask you. There's this. no analytics department. There's I'm not even I'm not even convinced you have the draft that you do this year. Okay, I'm I'm not convinced of that. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm look, not. Look, how can you make that argument? Let me let me ask you this. So if let's say Mike Vrabel did get the yes man, how do we know that's a bad thing? Okay, so Mike Vrabel, everything that he wanted to do. It seemed like everything was going really great for him. Like you said, he was pissed about the A.J. Brown trade. I, it seems like Mike Vrabel knows what he's doing as far as knowing what he wants to do to build his team. And if he has a yes man, I'll give you this. If he has a yes man, maybe they end up with Tajay Spears, maybe. Maybe they get Skaronsky. They're not getting Will Levis. No, he, we're staying with Malik because he, because he hated Will Levis. He didn't want anything to do with Will Levis. So you would not have Will Levis. So I'll give you that. So we wouldn't that, have our franchise quarterback. You, you wouldn't have your franchise yeah. quarterback. Okay. Maybe Thank you. this year, maybe you'd be drafted Drake May or something like that. But you would not have Will Levis this year. I will give you that. But other than I don't know, and him having a guess man may be a really bad thing. But maybe it would have been a good thing. I don't know. Um, I I trust Mike Vrabel's just guts most of the time. This year, with how, the only thing he's ever done where I'm like, dude, I, what are you thinking is the Will Levis stuff. That's the little, the only thing Mike Vrabel has ever done as far as like decision-making where I'm like, what is going on? What is he looking at? Will Levis is the only thing he's ever done where I'm like, dude, Vrabel's just missing on this. He's just wrong. Um, so I, I don't know if a yes man would have been the worst thing in the world. But let me go back to the Rand Carthon-Vrabel uh, feud thing. So you were saying – that you're going to get rid of Vrabel now instead of next year, because that would be worse, especially for Will Levis. I that's a good point. It would be if you were firing Vrabel next year, it would be even worse for Will Levis than it would be this year. That that's correct. But let me put it up this. If I am the ownership and I have my head coach who has, like you said, probably the best head coach. I don't even say probably, he is the best head coach in Titans history. Um I have the best head coach in Titans history versus my GM, who is his first year here, that are feuding and one of them's got to go. Yes, that GM had a great first year, hit on hit pretty much everything in his first draft class. The DeAndre Hopkins signing was great. The Murphy Bunting signing was pretty good. It, if not, it probably wasn't great, but it, it, it was the best corner on the team, so it was good. Um, so he had a great first year. Let me remind you, John Robinson had a few great years too, dude. He hit some big-time drafts as well. So we're judging this guy off of a one-year thing. You would not feel that way about John Robinson, even though John Robinson had a one or two years like that too. So, like, I, I just I feel like it's a little quick to pick this guy over. So, Rick. what's your what is okay? So, what is your answer to the situation then? You have head coach 
you have head coach, you have GM feuding, or G, yeah. your general manager both feuding with each other. Okay, if it's if it's how does how do you fix that situation? Well, again, I, it was a mistake to hire Rand Carthon to begin well, with. But, it, though? but if I if I'm in this situation right now, if I I've already got Rand, I've already made the mistake. So now I've got these two guys. Rand Carthon had a great first year. Mike Vrabel had some really questioning decisions this year, but overall has been fantastic for our franchise for a long time now. I I want to stick with Vrabel over Rand Carthon. But if Vrabel just wants out of the organization in general, which kind of seems like he may have wanted to, he may have been like, look, I'm tired of dealing with you giving hiring these GMs I don't like and not giving me real control of this team, and I'm just sick of it, let me out, then I'm trading Mike Vrabel. I don't care if I get stuck with the with all being the last team in the carousel. You can find great coaches where other teams overlook. I think there's a lot of great offensive minds that you could hire right now. One of the offensive minds you didn't even mention was the Lions offensive coordinator. I If I'm hiring anybody as my head coach right now, I'm taking the Lions offensive Bad coordinator. Babies. I'm taking yeah, him over he all of them. He's he my smart. first hire. And maybe he falls past all the other teams. I doubt it. He probably won't. Jim Harbaugh is going to go to the Chargers. That's going to be like the first thing off the board. Then you're going to have – who's going to be next? The, the Seahawks might maybe next. The, mm-hmm. the Seahawks may get their pick. So who knows who they'll get? I don't know. I That feels like a weird fit for the Lions offensive coordinator. But my point is, you can get the Lions offensive coordinator. You can get the Texans offensive coordinator. There are some good minds. The Packers offensive coordinator is not the Packers offensive coordinator. Me, so don't even try to get him. He, Matt LaFleur is the guy. You're not getting Matt LaFleur. So don't. Hey, news to everybody. You learned from the Nathaniel Hackett thing. And, and also the... Uh, Offensive coordinators hired under Andy Reid. Don't hire offensive coordinators that are under offensive head coaches. They're just not. They're not going to be good. Okay, let's just let's just get that out of the way. Um, but anyway, but th- I think there are some good offensive minds that you could hire that could fall back. But I would never want to get rid of Mike Rabel. I want to hold on to him no matter what. But if he just wants out and I don't have a choice, I'm trading him. You have to get something for him, dude. You can't he if soon as you fire him, he's on the list of every team in the NFL that's looking for a coach. That means that you messed up. You, like you he's a good coach and that means that if everybody wants him, that means you could have got something for him. Like even if you are the last team that gets a coach because you traded him and you had to wait longer to get a coach, even if you're the last team, that second round pick is valuable, dude. And I think you would have gotten at least a second round. Maybe a first round, but at least a bare minimum a second round. Can pick. I ask you, let me ask you a question. Let me move on. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Who would you guys say the best overall organization is in the NFL? Steelers, Ravens. Steelers Packers, Ravens, um, 49ers. 49ers. Okay. Right, moder- right now it's the 49ers. But are you talking about like in the past decade in general? Like I'm, talking, I'm talking right now. Right now, it's the best a fr- an organization has built is probably the 49ers. Okay. Yeah. Right. Steelers, Packers, Ravens, right. 49ers. Let me, let me ask you guys a question right now, okay? You're hiring general managers, okay? One general manager that you have that your head coach wants, okay, is in an organization right now that how they operate is stuck in the early 2000s. They have a garbage analytics department, okay? They're just coming off of a garbage season, okay? 
All of those things considered, that's the guy that your head coach wants, okay? Then you have another guy that you've interviewed that's coming that just by what you guys just said yeah. is coming out of the organization that is one of the best ran in the entire NFL, okay? So he sees how that operates, okay? He's a talent evaluator there, so he knows all about just fantastic talent because you don't get to a Super Bowl, you don't get in NFC championships every single year. You don't get in those situations if you don't have great talent and talent evaluators, okay? That's what Rand Carthon done. So he has been in an organization that has been one of the top organizations, Super Bowl contender, yeah. NFC, NFC contender, okay? You have that guy standing in front of you, but your head coach wants to hire somebody from within that yeah. the organization is stuck in the early 2000s, no analytics department, and it is one of the bottom organizations as far as we're talking basically how it's overall ran and just I'm, – I'm talking from – like, guys, who are you hiring? So – Okay, so who are you hiring? I I understand your point, but my pushback on that would be one: the Titans organization is not one, of, especially since John Robinson got there, was not one of the bottom rand organizations. John Robinson took it from from that bottom organization and made it a contender almost overnight. Okay, so that's I I don't I think t the Tennessee used to be down there, but John Robinson built it to where it was not down there anymore. Okay, so it was a, a competitive. We'll say, we'll say middling. We'll say it's one of the middling organizations with no analytics department whatsoever. Okay, so okay. you're you're talking about this analytics department thing a lot. The analytics department thing doesn't really matter. When it, all the analytics thing, I love analytics. Okay, I am one of these guys that I think people should go for a fourth down way way more than they do. I think people should be throwing the ball way more than they do. This is what analytics tells me. Okay, and that's what people need to pay attention to. It's keeping up with the times. Yes. we're in the twenty first century. So so right. analytics, yes. Your analytics department doesn't matter, though. What matters is your head coach listening to analytics, okay? So, yes, and Mike Vrabel... He's, he doesn't... He's not going to do that. But the thing is, okay, so in some ways you're right. In some ways he was behind. So as far as how much he runs the ball, he ran the ball. He wanted to run the ball way too much and just stick with defense. And that's just not the way modern warfare... Modern warfare. Modern warfare. <laughs> Keep in mind, it's not, not trying way. to cut you off. Keep in mind, five of the last six... Super Bowl teams were offensive-based organizations yes. and, like, offensive-minded yeah. head coaches. So, yeah, that's my Go point. ahead. So, Mike Vrabel was a little behind on that, but I think that he was building teams good enough that it didn't really matter. He wanted to go a little much, a little too much defense and a little too much running the ball. I agree with that. He needed to adapt a little bit more. And this year, I think he kind of did a little bit. His team was so bad, it didn't really matter. And he pretty much had to throw it because his offensive line was so bad. But anyway... But as far as other kind of analytics, like going forward on fourth down, Vrabel was very aggressive for that kind of stuff. He was a very aggressive head coach and like going for two, like that kind of stuff. Vrabel was aggressive in those kind of ways. He was very analytically minded on those things. But as far as like the pass percentage versus the running percentage, he was behind on that. So in some ways, analytically, he was behind. In some ways, analytically, he was right where he needed to be. Uh, so he's not perfect. But I think he is he is still a top ten coach. Um, Rand Carthon, I believe. Look, I'm not hating on Rand Carthon. I believe in Rand Carthon. I think he could be really good at his job. I just don't think you should be getting rid of a coach that made you relevant for. I don't know how long he's been there. Eight years, ten years. Six. Really, only six, six years. years. Wow. Okay, 
So he, he made you relevant. Three of those six years, though, we were 27th ranked in offense or lower, by the way, just to let you guys know that, but go ahead. But you but you still, okay, so this year, I'm not even counting this year. I mean, come on. The offensive line was so bad. Yeah, so, but those other years, dude, I I just, the, he was so good, it didn't matter. And let me point out this. Some of those years, you all were really good. And the defense still wasn't great that whole time. Your secondary hasn't been good the entire tenure of Ma- of Mike Vrabel the whole time, and you all were still really competitive. Uh, so I don't know. I, I just I felt like Mike Vrabel has been outperforming his roster every single year, including this year. You all shouldn't have got five wins. You were worse than five wins this year. Okay, I think he's overperformed. He got six. Or six, you got six. Oh yeah, the last man was six man. You, you all. I think he's outperformed the roster every single year. I and I just and again, he probably wanted out anyway, and that's a tough position for ownership and GM to be in. But you got it. You can't just cut him loose, man. Everybody wants him. Every team that's looking for a coach wants him now. Like I just, that's a scary situation. Like I, it's just I don't know. I I, I just the, my, I, my main point that. Go ahead. The biggest point of why this is a mistake, I I named a lot of different things, but the biggest one that I will continue to point to, you're not getting someone better. You're not. You just, he's your best coach you've ever had. You're not, you're not improving. But, but, and I, and I get that. But like, even going back to your Will Levis point, if you trade and you miss out on all the possibilities to even interview good coaches, you're, one, you're not even putting yourself in the position to even have the opportunity of inter- entering these ga- or interviewing these guys. And two, to your own point, that's even going to hurt Will Levis even more. So that's not a that's not a risk that you can take. That it's just not. Like I understand, I I understand in a perfect scenario in a perfect world, it would be fantastic to trade Mike Vrabel gets things from him. I, I get it, guys. Like. But with the steps that would have taken and the the things that you have the possibility of missing out on, you can't take that risk, bro. You just can't. Like, and and I just, I I can't, I I, I really, and I I know that we need to move on. I, I know that, I know that we do. But like, this was the right decision. Like, I truly, 100% 100% believe this was the right decision. Mike Vrabel, I appreciate everything that you have done for the Tennessee Titans. Like, seriously, I I, I genuinely, genuinely appreciate it. But this was the right decision, man. I, I truly, truly believe that. And if he goes, if he goes to the Patriots, okay, and he makes them a contender with how atrocious that team is, okay, I will stand up. I will salute you. Fantastic job, man. Fantastic job. But you cannot, with the ego, the possibility of him being one foot out the door, you can't get rid of Rancarthon after the year that he had and stick with a coach that you don't know has a foot out the door. Like, you just, you can't do it, man. Like, this was, this was the best decision for the Titans organization. I, it, it truly, truly was. I I'll, I do think that general managers are more easily replaceable than head coaches are. Um, I think there's a lot of people in a lot of 
you know, staff positions, uh, and just in general, behind the scenes positions in the NFL that are very smart people that could do general manager jobs very well. But I don't think there's very many head coaches that can do a head coaching job very well. But it, Ben, Ben, did you have something you wanted to add to this? I mean, I did, but we've spent so much time on it, and you all have covered the gist of everything that I'm tired of talking about at this point. I'm ready to go to. Something. I do want to. I do want to ask one more question. Who do you want as your head coach, Tanner? If you like, if you if anybody you think could reasonably be available, that you like, who is who's the dream? Because I know you hate Jim Harbaugh. So, oh no, no, yeah. do not tell. I will. Dude, put me on suicide watch. That's the best possible. That's the best coach possible for them. Stop it, Brandon. No, no. It really is. (laughs) I really, really want... I I can't remember what his name is, but the offensive coordinator for the Texans. Okay. that's And I can't remember what his name is. He's going to the commanders. I really want the offensive coordinator for the Texans. I think that's fair. No, No matter what, okay? You have. Like, Titans, I am on... I am on my knees begging you to hire an offensive-minded quarterback. Hire an offensive-minded head coach. Do not hire a defensive-minded coach and put Will Levis through an offensive coordinator change every single two or three years. I'm begging you from my soul, do not do it. Like, please do not do it. They will. They'll hire, dude. This is going to sound. I I've never heard this name mentioned, and he's he's been offensive coordinator for a very short amount of time, not even a full season right now. I would love Joe Barry, bro. Not not Joe Joe Brady. Joe Brady. I was like, yeah, I was about to say, sorry. dude, I'm about to smack you, bro. <laughs> he has tormented <laughs> Brandon so much. Sorry, Joe Brady. Joe Brady, the guy that took over offensive coordinator, had yeah. to do for the Bills this year. God, I love that guy. I also the Texans offensive coordinator that would be a great hire yeah. too. The yeah. Lions offensive coordinator. There are some really good teams I, right now. I love the Texans offensive coordinator because of what he's done with CJ. Yes, it's been fantastic. I, I mean, dude, like. By the way, since you brought up CJ Shroud, I almost say on the record, my opinion on CJ Shroud has 100% flipped. I am like, like that. I was right and you were wrong, yes. bro. Well, I've got an, I've go. got the biggest direction of my life right oh. now, bro. That is crazy. So, I wouldn't yeah. know that. He's, 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 he has been incredible, dude. dude. Like he is, he's, I have told you, bro. Me and Ben both have told Look, you. Look, and I, I wanted to wait to say that until after there were a few games where he didn't just absolutely explode, where like he like some games were like, hey, the media's not going crazy on how he just performed and his stats aren't going crazy, but me just watching him, I'm like, dude, this dude can play football, bro. And his mentality, dude, I have never been more wrong on who I thought a player was in college. Yeah. I did not know that CJ Shroud was the dude that yeah. he is. Like, I can't believe how focused and how mature that guy is. Yeah. Like, I, it blows I mean, my mind. CJ CJ Stroud scares me more than, especially in the division. He he scares me a heck of a lot more than Anthony Richardson, and definitely more than Trevor Lawrence. Yes, it. 
his on the field stuff is fantastic. Like it speaks for itself what he's been doing on the field. Even the two games that his con- he had a concussion, you could tell that CJ Shroud is not on the field. Like the Texans offense looks terrible those two games. And then as soon as he comes back, they look the, the second half of that game they still didn't look great, but the first half of that game it just it fired right back. Um, but it's the off the field stuff that impresses me just as much. Like whenever he did an interview with the Pat McAfee show, he literally wore his teammates jerseys to like represent his teammates and be like, Hey, my teammates are awesome. You know, like we're just a bunch of guys having fun out here. Like we're, and Pat McAfee talked about it afterwards. He was like, dude, that guy scares me so much. He was like, I, I expected him to just pop on here, be super chill, and he's on here wearing his teammates' gear and everything. He was like, that dude is awesome, and I hate it. Yeah, he's, he's fantastic. But, yeah, the Texans offensive coordinator, dude, when he's done with C.J. Shroud, which maybe C.J. Shroud is just so good it didn't matter who his offensive coordinator was, but I believe in that. I, they, they, their scheme had guys running so open yeah, at the beginning yeah. of the year, dude. I I think he's probably a really good hire. Yeah, um, uh, He's going to the Commanders, though. I did look it up. I can't believe I forgot his name already. Is it official? No. no. Oh, okay. Well, uh, his name. If I was him, I would choose the Titans over the Commanders. Bobby Joe. Joe Brady. Bobby Slowick. The thing with Joe Brady is... Not Joe. Yeah, I just said that right. Yeah. The thing with Joe Brady is... He's not done it I, long enough to really that, be considered. That's be that's yeah. the thing. Like, yeah. it's his tenure that I would keeps me from saying Joe Brady. I love Joe Brady. I, I love Joe Brady, but it's his tenure that just makes yeah. me... Dude, like, I'm trying to take a step back. The thing with hiring uh, Joe Brady, though is the offensive scheme that he put into place with the Bills right now, I mean, it's it's for Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. Who's the most comparable quarterback to Josh Allen right now? It's probably Will Levis. It's Will Levis. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as far as like, yes, they do have that running ability, but you don't want to purely rely on that Mm because they also have a cannon of an arm. Like, it's it it's, is Will Levis. It's perfect. Dude. So you you wouldn't even have to change that much about like what as far as your offensive scheme that you already have in your head that works for you. You don't even have to change that. Now, obviously, you're going to switch plays and do stuff, but like the only caveat I have to that is they have an awesome offensive line with the Bills right now, and they do not at the Titans. I mean, it's not awesome. It's, it's, a, did it's you, a lot better. Did you see what they did to the Cowboys? <laughs> they. Just the Cowboys um, just suck. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so the, I names that I would have on my list for the Titans, uh, Texans offensive coordinator, the, the Lions offensive coordinator. I would have Joe Brady, but realistically that's not going to happen. Um, who are some other ones? Jim Harbaugh is not going to be – he's going to he, – I don't want He would never play. even consider the I Titans. That's not worth talking about. Eric B. Enemy. No. God. Um, uh, one name that was thrown. One name that was thrown around. We'll get to that later. I'm not against it, but I don't want it. Is um. Oh gosh, he's on the Chiefs coaching staff. Is it, don't hire anybody on the Chiefs. It's not Eric staff. the enemy. Um, is it a defensive coordinator? No, hang on. Matt Nagy? No, God, definitely no. don't want him. God no. I don't um, know who you're talking about. Are you? talking? There was Hang not on. the receivers coach. Hang on. <laughs> Hang on. Whoever it is, I don't want. Yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. 
I don't want anybody on the Chiefs staff. I don't want anybody. No. If you're not getting Andy Reid, forget it. And you're not getting Andy Reid. So. Is it Eric? No. No, Eric Bieniemy's not even on the Chiefs anymore, dude. <laughs> wow. I'm out here chucking baseballs while he's trying to find stuff. All right. Anyway, move on. It's not worth it. Yeah. Whoever it is, it's not worth it. All right, so that was the Titans. Uh, ben mentioned the Commanders. Uh, the Commanders fired Ron Rivera. Thank you. Uh, as well, uh, we all saw that coming. Yeah, that was just a disastrous season. That was... if they hire Eric Bieniemy, I will. No, no way. I mean, there's no way. That's... I don't even want them to keep him as offensive coordinator. There's no, more. They there's... They're going to reset everything. I've heard more talk of Belichick going to the Commanders than any other team. I hope so. I, I Belichick. I think if he's out with the Patriots, I don't think he's coaching anymore. I, yeah, I, I think he's probably going to retire. Especially yeah. with the team like the Commanders, because they're in rebuild mode, let's be honest. So, as of right now, speaking as speaking of that, as of right now, the Patriots and Bill Belichick, nothing has happened. He Belichick is still the coach of the Patriots as of right now. I will say, so. the owner that took over the Commanders, everything that that dude does is awesome. Yeah, he's he he just start just started. Yeah, this this was his first season. Right? Yes, yeah. he just bought the team this season. Yeah, and, and he's made a lot of good decisions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, other than hiring Eric Bieniemy as offensive coordinator this year, that was I mean, that was probably a bit. Uh, yeah. But other than that, everything's everything's been. Worse. It was better than the one they had. Let's be honest. But. Yeah. Uh, who are the other teams that have fired coaches? Let's the see. Atlanta Falcons. Yes, Arthur the Smith. next head coach of the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> okay. Arthur Smith was fired by the Falcons. That's who Ben's talking about. <laughs> Arthur Smith, great <laughs> offensive coordinator. I love him. Maybe not a great head coach, man. Oh, jeez, uh, it yeah. was it was terrible. Okay. He went seven and ten every year for three years. Which I mean, things with, could things could be worse, but you with could one of the worst ranked offenses in the league, all three of those years. Yeah. So yeah, not not great. Uh, the Seahawks not technically did not fire. Pete Carroll, but they have mutually just – he is no longer the head coach. Apparently, he's still a part of the organization, but Pete Carroll is not the head coach of the Seahawks anymore. The so way they, I've interpreted it is they mutually agreed that he wouldn't be the head coach anymore, but he still has some say-so over what goes on in the organization. So he's kind of in between a GM and head coach without taking on the actual responsibility of either one It of sounds players. like he moved into a – who was – oh, gosh. Who was the coach for the the Bucks when Brady was there? And uh, they moved up. You know who I'm talking yeah. about. I can't think Bruce of – Bruce Arian. It kind of feels like he stepped into a Bruce Arian's role. Yeah, a it, it's a, it'll be that similar kind of thing. Yep. Right. Uh, two teams that – have didn't just fire their coach, but they fired it during the season. They'll be looking for coaches too. You got the Chargers and the Raiders. Panthers. Oh, they're the Panthers as well. Those three. There's dude. there's several teams looking for coaches this year. It's gonna be pretty wild, dude. Do you all take a chance on Frank Reich, dude? If Frank Reich would be your old offensive coordinator, hey, that's not terrible, dude. That would be awesome. I'd rather have Joe Brady. I would love that as a dude. No, while you're a Titans fan, dude. You want Frank Wright, bro. That dude is a legit coach. It absolute like coach. I like him. Uh, teams that were expected to maybe fire the coaches but have not. The Bears have not fired their coach. The, uh, they they fired everybody they fired except their, their head coach. offensive coordinator. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you want that dude as your head coach? Yeah. God. Uh, so the 
Bears didn't fire theirs. The Jets didn't fire theirs. Patriots, as of right now, haven't fired Bill Belichick. Uh, I think that may have been all of them. So, anyway, that's kind of what the carousel is looking like right say, now. I would say I don't really think the Patriots would fire Belichick. But let's be honest, Belichick's not leaving. Like, they're go- he's going to make them fire him so he will get paid if he leaves. And then he's going to be like, all right, I'm done. So. Usually that comes with a mutual parting ways. It's usually worded as a mutual agreement. Like, yeah, he still gets his money, but it's not technically a firing yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway. So anyway, that's anyway that's the coaching carousel as of right now. Several teams and several teams with pretty good roster construction, like a couple of decent ones that like you're not completely rebuilt. Like a couple of these teams have already got their quarterback. You know, like, usually when you're going to a new team, like, usually you're having to get a new quarterback. Like, the Panthers have their quarterback, but they yeah, don't have matter. anything else. By the way, that's a team we forgot about on the uh, the carousel tier list. The Panthers are dead last. Oh, 100%. Yeah, they're, they're dead last. There was they're somebody still, that – there was somebody else. Like, as far as, like, what coaches want to go to. There was somebody else. I literally was sick. saying the yeah, Panthers Yeah, you mentioned the, the Panthers. But the Panthers – Will be dead last on yeah. There was somebody I saw that said Mike Vrabel was first to go to the Panthers, and I was like, "You're." I don't know. Mike Vrabel's not. Touching he won't take the. If a he's coach, not touching if a coach falls in love with Bryce Young, I could nope. see them going. I don't. Yeah, there's no situation. Like, it, it, maybe if they had draft capital to put no, a team around. Yeah, that whole situation like, is just an absolute. If you go there, you will fail. If you go there, you're not making it a year. They they literally fired. You may go one year. The thing that the Panthers did that really screwed them over is I do agree with them being dead last. Firing Frank Reich six weeks into the season with the team that you had, bro, like you're not expecting to win Super Bowls, dude. Like, and if you were, you're delusional. Yep. Like, I agree. It's just. Firing Frank Reich was the dumbest thing they could have done. Yeah, that was ridiculous. So, so yeah, no coach is going to want to go to that job. They're going to get somebody that nobody has ever really paid attention to at all, really, because nobody else is going to want the job. All right. Honestly, if I'm Joe Brady, I'm staying as the OC for the Bills rather than taking the Panthers. Oh, no way. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. If I'm a coordinator anywhere in the NFL – I'm staying with – I don't care how much money they're paying to be the head coach of the Panthers. I'm not going there. Yeah. I will not. You're literally buying two seasons at best, and then you're being fired. Yeah. So – And you won't make it two seasons. You'll, yeah. I see one and a half seasons is probably yeah. what's going to happen. Best uh, case scenario. Yeah. All right, so let's move on from the coaching carousel craziness. We're going to talk about the games this weekend now. Uh, first, we'll talk about the Saturday games. 4.30 Saturday on NBC and Peacock, but who cares about Peacock? NBC, Browns and Texans. The Texans are two-and-a-half-point underdogs. So Browns on the road favored by two-and-a-half points. What is your guys' expectation for this game? What are you anticipating here? Um, I'll go first. Honestly, I thought the Texans would be favored. And I was going to pick the Browns to win. I think Browns minus two and a half is a very good line. Just because the Browns defense is still legit. It's one of the best in the league. Joe Flacco, like, even on his hot tear right now, I'm not even taking, like, that into as much a consideration. I'm more so thinking that, like, I'm taking that as, yes, he can still play. I'm not even expecting him to play at that level. But the fact that he's had 
so much playoff experience before. He already knows what to expect from the playoffs, and that defense is legit. He knows that he doesn't have to carry the team because he knows the defense has got it. Yeah. So, and vice versa with the Texans. The Texans have looked really good at times this season, but it's still a rookie quarterback. It's still a first-year head coach. A lot of their receivers are still super young. Like, if the Packers weren't the youngest team to make the playoffs, the Texans might have been, honestly. I haven't looked into that. but like, either. The, the Texans are so young, dude, at like a lot of key positions. So just I think lack of inexperience is what would make me pick the Browns in this situation. So I uh, I said lack of inexperience, lack of experience. I, I agree with you. I think Browns minus two and a half is like a perfect line. I think this is a could be I'm, – I'm a little torn on the game, but I would lean toward the Browns. Uh, just because the defense is that good, yeah. um, they I I think they are the best defense in the NFL. Yeah. Um, and Flacco, it a lot of this depends on how healthy Amari Cooper is. We've got to remember that Amari Cooper is still dealing with some sort of injury, and ankle. they I think is it an ankle injury, maybe foot, foot slash ankle, something like that. To where like, and I I saw something today where it says that like Amari Cooper says that he's going to give it a go this week. And the way that was phrased, he has to, didn't sound great to me. They said, gonna give it a go. I was like, sounds like he's pushing himself earlier than he otherwise would because it's a playoff game. And that, that sounds a little scary. Because if, if Amari Cooper isn't Amari Cooper, that offense isn't, even with Joe Flacco, like it's not, it's not really gonna do anything. And they need Amari Cooper to be Amari Cooper. Um, so if Amari Cooper doesn't really play much in that game, that may be an incredibly low-scoring game, but we'll see. I don't know. I still am going to lean Browns because I'm going to assume Amari Cooper is going to be Amari Cooper. But I'm just saying, if if he isn't, there could be some issues there. What what do you what do you look? Do you think the same thing, Tanner? Y'all pretty much hit it. Uh, I think this is if I could pick one game to be a pick'em game. In my opinion, it's this game because uh, you know, obviously, I like Joe. Um, I just CJ's where he's a rookie and he's so young. And this is going to be his first playoff game. Do I think he's going to come ready to play? Of course. Um, I just I I personally have to give the edge to the Browns because they're the better defense. But I think this is the perfect pick of the game. All right. Next up, eight o'clock Saturday on Peacock only. Dolphins at Chiefs. Chiefs are favored by some places that's four. Uh, the one I'm looking at right now says minus four and a half. Uh, kickoff time, it says the temperature is going to be 11 degrees, but I've seen several posts saying that it will be zero by the time the game is over. So, really, really cold football game. The Dolphin, Miami Dolphins are not prepared for that. They're That's why the Chiefs are going to Here's the thing, though, is... Yes, the Chiefs are more used to playing in that weather, which Tyreek gives them a huge advantage. I mean, Tyreek Hill has obviously played in cold weather before, and not but, zero. Like you, you can't say that. Isaiah, it, it says that it's probably prob- not be the coldest game in playoff history, or at least one of the top three coldest games. In playoff Isaiah history. Pacheco is awesome. Let's not forget that. Like, what the Chiefs have a running game 
almost more so than their passing game. Uh, their running game has looked more impressive this year than their passing not game. Not almost. It, ha- it is. Uh, yeah. But let's not forget, dude, the Dolphins have Devon A. Chain, Raheem Moster, and Jeff Wilson. All three of those guys behind Look, a good offensive line. When it comes so, to cold weather, though, it has it's not running versus passing like like some people want to point out. A lot of it has to do with speed and just being able to be in Dolphins. Even running, it's all about speed, 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 speed. Cold weather, you can't really play like that. Your footing won't allow you to play like that. Yeah, uh, like people are going to be slipping all over the place on this field. I, I'm I'm telling you, just be prepared for it. It's people are going to be slipping. People are going to be sliding. It, it's going to be it's it's going to be rough footing. You're not going to be able to have top end speed. Darius Tony's still going to be turning the ball over. Yeah, it'll slip through his hands. You know, that's how. Actually, maybe is. cold weather will hurt. Him. Maybe it'll it, help. It him. might help him. <laughs> he might just turn his hands to brick. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Uh, by the way. This game, this game being on Peacock. I ever since I was in middle school, I have watched every single playoff game ever. I won't be watching this one. I I refuse. I I will not subscribe to Peacock for one playoff football game. I'm telling me we're not going to go hang out with at uh, B Dubs with Tanner and watch this game. Is today this B Dubs going to have this game? They're going to have Peacock. Maybe, maybe I may do that possibly. But I, I'm honestly tempted just to refuse. I just I'm, I want to boycott. I want to boycott the game. I want the country to boycott the game. And the only reason why we're not going to be able to do that is because it's the freaking Chiefs and all the freaking Taylor Swift fans are going to pay for Peacock. They already watch. have Peacock. Let's be honest. Maybe. That's probably, probably. True. They already have. Yeah, Peacock. they're the only ones that have. You're right. I did see a meme though, and it was really funny. It was like this was such a power play. Movie. I didn't mean to out where you were, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. No. Okay. No, my fan club's going to come to. <laughs> but um, I did see a meme where it was like such a power play move for the NFL to make Swifties pay for Peacock to watch an NFL game. That was like, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the frustrating part for me because, like, the ratings on this should be like their worst playoff ratings ever. But because it's Taylor Swift, it won't be. That's the only reason. No, she's going to. Yeah, like it, it won't be the worst playoff ratings ever just because of that, which it 100% deserves to have the worst playoff ratings ever, which is really so on how much. Which, to be honest, this is a game that I would really be interested in watching. Would you like, yeah. I would want to watch I would this love game. to watch yeah. this game. One hundred return in Yeah, it's fascinating. Cold, coldest game, like probably of our lifetime. Like, I mean, come on, man. I mean, it, it, it'll be interesting. I wish it was snowing. I don't think it's supposed to snow. That's miserable. Yeah. <laughs> Cold weather with no snow, like... Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next game. Game that it is supposed to snow in. 1 o'clock Sunday, Steelers at Bills. Buffalo. It says kickoff temperature is going to be 23 degrees Fahrenheit, and it'll be snowing. This could be, like, let's, at 20 point the Bills. The Bills are favored by 10... I mean, they could win by 40. This could be a blow. They could. Bro. It depends on how bad the Steelers' defense is without T.J. Watt. Oh. If it's actually like a bad defense, this could be an absolute just yeah. oh. meltdown, bro. Like, holy cow. This God. is going to be the worst I mean, playoff game by they, far. Hold on. I'm trying to think of who the other um, edge rusher is for the Steelers. It's not... Now, Bud Dupree was with the Titans this year, wasn't he? Mm-mm. Now, where was Bud Dupree? They let Bud Dupree go like two uh, Okay, ago. yeah, I was right. So, even without T.J. Watt, who obviously we know who T.J. Watt is. He's an absolute stud. 
They still have Alex Highsmith. He's their other edge rusher. Cam Hayward is still the D tackle in the middle. So it's not like their defensive line is trash. Yeah. Now, but they're going to be able to TJ focus Watt. on those guys. Yeah. Like those but, guys are able to be a really good because TJ Watt is just Cam Hayward is just a monster. He's really good. Yeah. He, he came from the Saints, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he is really good. Yeah. Um, but the offensive line is just—it's just so much less pressure on them now, dude. Yeah. It's just you're able to free up your play calling so much more. Your your left tackle can get help with Alex Highsmith now, and then you can just leave your right tackle one on one. You don't have to worry about getting destroyed yeah. from both ends. So, yeah. So I'm assuming we all kind of assume the same that we think the Bills are going to win this pretty easily. Uh, how much were they favored by? Ten. About 10, yeah. So I bet the over on this game instead of the bill spread because the over was only at 43 or something like that. Is that and the, I was like, I think the bills may get close to that by themselves. Is that so, the biggest spread in a playoff game? Uh, this week, yes, probably not the biggest one ever. I mean, you had there have been some, some bad ones before with some really bad teams making the playoffs. Um, that's called, yeah, it's definitely not the worst ever. It would be, I think the spread would be more than that, by the way, if it weren't for the weather. Like, the weather being cold and snowy. Yeah, and they're not going to score just back-to-back yeah. back bet yet. Um, anyway, next game up, 4.30 Sunday afternoon on, by the way, that Steelers-Bills game was on CBS. 4.30 Sunday afternoon on Fox. Packers at Cowboys. The Cowboys are favored by 7.5. This game could go so many different ways, man. Like... The this off the Packers offensive matchup versus the Cowboys defense could go thirteen different ways. The Packers defense versus the Cowboys offense could go thirteen different ways. Who knows, dude? It's if this game is close, Packers could definitely win. Obviously, if it's close, what I'm scared of is if it's close, this could come down to field goal kicking. And the Cowboys field goal kicker, has he missed a field goal yet? Has he missed one? I think he has. You think, you I think, think he missed, he missed one? one, yeah. Okay. Dude's elite, though. He's insane. Okay. He the, may be the next the next Justin Tucker. Yeah. Legit. Like. And uh, the Packers kicker, he's been struggling. So if it goes down to field goal kicking, that's scary. Uh, Cowboys could also obliterate the Packers because they're at home. They're playing great. Packers defense still sucks. Uh, I mean, the, the Cowboys could win by 25, 30 points. It could happen. Or the Packers' shell defense could frustrate Dak Prescott and really hold the Cowboys' offense because that's what they did to the Chiefs. It's these kind of offenses is what Joe Barry's defense is built for. He's he's built for these high-powered offenses, but the sucky offenses are the ones that destroy him. So it's very strange. It's very odd. What it's going to come down to is can the Cowboys run it down the cap down the Packers' throat? I don't think they're going to be able to air it out the all game. They're not going to be able to do that. They won't be able to throw deep. They need to run it down the Packers' throat. If they can do that, then those deep shots can open up because the Packers will have to adjust, which they won't want to. But if, if, the, if, if the Cowboys can run the ball, they can be pretty much unstoppable. But Packers' offense, if they're clicking, the Packers' offense may be unstoppable. This game may – both teams might score in the 30s in this game. Like it could be one of those just crazy games, maybe. I'm I'm losing, and th- this is just me personally. 
As the seasons progressed, I've kind of lost faith in the Cowboys' defense personally. Yeah, they. I don't think they're good. as good as people say they are. Yeah. Um, or at least how they looked at the beginning of the season. They've got flaws. Yeah, they they really do. Yeah. And I mean, I what time is this game? Four thirty. Sunday. Okay. Sunday. Okay. I like. This is going to be a fascinating game yeah. for me to watch. Really, like I, the only thing that gives me confidence. To be to be totally and completely honest with you, man, the only reason that I'm confident the Cowboys will win this game is because it is in Dallas. If it was at Lambeau, bro, I may take the Packers to yeah. win this game. By the way, the the Dallas stadium it's it's called AT and T Stadium. Right. Yeah. So, ever since AT and T was stadium was built, Packers five and zero all time. Never at AT and T. Never stadium? lost. Bro. One of those was the Super Bowl against the Steelers. I did, bro, I need I but, need Jordan Love to go in there and pull off. And, an and one of those as well, because you, you know, you're thinking, oh, that just means Aaron Rodgers owns the Cowboys. One of those was Matt Flynn. And Matt Flynn was down by 23 at halftime. Was losing by 23. <laughs> and Matt Flynn came back and beat the Cowboys. The Packers have never lost in that stadium. This is a terrible matchup the, for the Cowboys. Cowboys. I'm sorry. The Cowboys fans, dude, I, I've seen this kind of post everywhere on social media the past couple days. The Cowboys fans are so stressed, bro. Are they really? <laughs> they are so stressed out. It's so funny. What are they saying? I, I, I see a bunch of posts. Like, like I made. I saw one dude that made a skit like as a Cowboys fan. It was like, yeah, way to go, Cowboys. Got the two seed. Let's go. Who's our matchup? I, I heard uh, going into last week, it's probably going to be like the Rams or somebody like that. Who? And they're like, oh, no, you didn't get the Rams. Oh, we didn't get the Rams? Who is it? Who we got? You got the you got the Green Bay Packers. And then the guy's face, it just like zooms <laughs> on the guy's face. And he just looks like he's just in disbelief. And like his eyes, just he just can't believe it. And he just—I see a bunch of posts like that where the guys are just like terrified, and they're just, they just don't know what to do. You it's know? so fun. The pack. Jordan Love hasn't even done played against the Cowboys in his life, and he's already in their head. You know what? Like That's so funny. You know what would make my dad? I know it's not going to happen, bro. Is if Aaron Rodgers showed up to this game, <laughs> bro. If he shut up and was on the sideline, no, I don't even want him I, in the sideline. I just bro, want him just in the stands box. No, like, not in a. I just want him in a random seat in the middle of the stadium with a beer and a sunglasses, hat, bro. Oh my gosh, dude! Yeah, just the camera goes to him and he just holds his beer up, yeah. little head nod. That would be so. Oh funny, my dude. gosh, dude! Is Jair? Is he playing in this game? Yeah, he yeah, is playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, he came back last week, so I. There's a couple of question marks for if the Packers will be full health or not. They're probably not going to have AJ Dillon, which, to be honest, we don't we don't need AJ. I don't think he really brings anything to the table for us. Um, Christian Watson is limited in practice this week. He was limited in practice last week too, but didn't play. Mm -hmm. But we thought he was going to play last week and didn't play. So I really think he's going to play this week, but you just never know. Um, Romeo Dobbs was limited in practice with his chest injury that he got last week, but I'm pretty sure he'll be playing too. So it looks like the Packers are going to be full strength, which is fascinating. By the way, when when the Packers played against the Cowboys last year, Christian Watson played in that game with Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. Christian Watson had 150 yards and three touchdowns in that game. So I don't know if the Cowboys know how to deal with his speed. I don't know if they've got something to counteract that. So if we could get him – 
That would be massive, dude. It would be so huge. Your best bet, dude, is like, I, I think your best bet is if they pair up. I can't think of who the dude's name is. He's the dude that, um, he's the dude that, um, broke the single season. Deron Bland. Deron Bland. I feel like your best bet is to have Deron Bland on Christian Watson. They won't do that. They're not going to. He's not fast enough. Well, they're not going to do that. And the reason that I said they should is because he is a holding machine. <laughs> like, so that, it, which it's probably going to be... The Cowboys won't do They're not going to put Bland on Christian Watson. They're not going to do that. No. But who do they, they have it? They don't have anybody fast they enough. Don't. That's why he went, that's why he destroyed them last year. They're going to have to play like deep covers, deep, deep kind of coverage zone kind of stuff. And they're pretty much going to have to put a safety over the top of Christian Watson all day. But if you do that, Matt LaFleur will tear you apart with the rest of that offense. Because we've proved over the past half of the season, we don't even need Christian Watson. We've been dominant with Adam. But if we put him out there and you have to respect him, we have to put a guy over the top and you 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 put the rest of the offense versus the ten other or the nine other defenders, Matt LaFleur is going to scheme you apart, dude. He, he will rip you apart. Uh, so, dude... I have complete trust in the Packers' offense. I the Packers' offense is going to show up. They're going to play well. It just matters about the Packers' defense. The, the, thing, the, the Cowboys may just score a touchdown every the drive. The thing is, I think Dan Quinn is that good of a defensive coordinator. He can scheme something up. The Packers have I played just, against great defensive coordinators several I, times this year, I just, and I, they just I keep just dominating. And maybe this is me just putting too much faith in Dan Quinn, but. I just is okay. So I, I know they move him around, but where does Micah Parsons usually line up? Which side? Uh, right. Been I'm pretty sure in, he's on the right side. They've been putting him everywhere. He's been lining yeah. up even as deep tackle sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I the Packers offensive line, dude. So run defense, their run run offense like run blocking. Packers are either average or maybe even slightly below average. But pass blocking, they're top three, just across the board. And like, well, even without David Bakhtiari, I think that they can hold Parsons in check. The th- um, teams have given you literally the blueprint. Well, we can't do what the 49ers Micah did out of the game. Like, we can't do what the 49ers did. Trent Williams just did it by himself. We can't do that. Well, no. The the Bills gave you the Well, they just ran it down their throat. The they Packers, ran it down their throat, and they ran it in the opposite direction of my the like, Packers, literally all the, game. Bro. The early game, early in the game, the Packers may try that out to see if they can do that, but the Packers can't run block the same way that the Bills can. Of course. The Packers can run block, but I don't think they can run block that well. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to be able to do that. The Packers are going to have to throw the ball really well, and it's still, in order for the Packers to win this game, it's going to have to come down to the offense doing what they've done the second half of the year, which is Joe Jordan Love just being awesome, and Matt LaFleur calling perfect play calls, and the offensive line blocking well enough to give Jordan Love time to do those kind of plays. I may be more excited so, about this game than any other game this week. I am, and the reason why I'm excited, dude, is I'm playing with house money, bro. Like, I, like I'm just... If we lose, who cares? We already won this season, man. Like we've like this has been fantastic. I mean, this is 
this is the best position to be in as a fan. If we if we lose a tight one on like a last second field goal or something, is it still gonna hurt? Of course, it's still gonna hurt. But at the end of the day, dude, this is a win for the Packers, bro. Yeah. I I'm so happy about it. We need to move on. Uh, Sunday night, eight o'clock. Rams at Lions. I think I'm more excited for this one. Rams at Lions. Lions are favored by three points. It's on NBC. Uh, Matthew Stafford coming back to Detroit. The two quarterbacks that got traded to each other's going teams at. going head-to-head. I mean, this is just – I mean, the NFL script writers, I mean, they are on one for this postseason, dude. <laughs> Packers going back with – by the way, another thing to mention about the script writers and Mike, the, the Packers game with Mike McCarthy with the Cowboys, this was a quote by Mike McCarthy. The year that the Packers won the Super Bowl, okay, we, the Packers were the last team into the playoffs. They went on that winning streak at the end of the year, made it into the last wild card, went on the run, and won the Super Bowl, okay? And going into that first week, I can't remember who they played against that first week, but they were talking about the Packers having the underdog mentality. Mm-hmm. And Mike McCarthy's quote from that game, made famous, Mike McCarthy's quote was, in the NFL, nobody's an underdog. So now people are bringing that quote back up now for this week with the Packers being an underdog against Mike McCarthy. And people are bringing Mike yeah, McCarthy's own quote and nobody. saying, like, nobody's an underdog. Uh, so that's so script writers there, script writers with Tyreek Hill back in Kansas City, and script writers with. They outdone themselves this week, bro. Cow, bro. They outdone themselves. Script writers this year, bro. But yeah, the Rams Lions, dude, this is going to be super interesting. It really sucks for the Lions that they lost Sam Laporta. Mm-hmm. That hurts, yeah. dude. The Lions are three-point favorites. I don't agree I don't that. think they should be favorites, dude. No. I really think the Rams should be favorited in this game. I, I mean, I'm picking the Rams to win straight up. I just – look, let me talk about the Rams real quick. This team's terrifying. When they won the Super Bowl a couple years ago, this team now, their defense isn't quite as good as that defense was. But this offense is better than that offense was. Okay, just that uh, this offense is better. Mm-hmm. All right, this team is scary. You don't want the only reason why they didn't win a division this year is because they're in the same division as the 49ers. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the only reason. Okay, this team's scary. You don't want to play against them. So watch out, Lions. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, what, I mean, the Rams are crucially underrated. This is just this whole year. I mean, Cooper Cup didn't play the first four games. Battled injury throughout the season. Matthew Stafford was a little bit banged up. Like, Puka Nakua, is, they just found their rhythm with Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup both on the field at the same time. Kyron Williams is going off. Like, that that offense is scary, dude. And Aaron Donald still plays defense for them. So, I mean, you can have any other pieces out there. I mean, Aaron Donald is still Aaron Donald. So, yep. that dude can wreck your offense by himself. So, yeah. I, so we're we all think the Rams are going to win this straight yeah. up. Yeah. Okay. Well, the Lions are just a good football team. They're good, but Matthew Stafford is still better than Jared Goff, and their I, receivers are probably still a little bit better than the Lions' receivers. Uh, their Saint running backs, St. Brown's a beast. Running backs are probably about the same, honestly. I, losing Sam Laporta is huge. Yeah, that, that's true. That is a big. Big crucial piece to this. Yeah. I, I Sam Laporta is that good, dude. He, like missing him is big. That's a problem. Yeah, the, he's so good. Sam Laporta is so good that he, he's a rookie this year, right? Yeah. So they just they just traded away T.J. Hawkinson last year and just threw in Sam Laporta, and he's like better than T.J. Hawkinson. 
That's insane. Because T.J. Hawkinson is like best of the best. It's crazy. Anyway. There's some really good tight ends in the NFL. Oh my gosh, dude. There's some beasts, bro. Mm -hmm. Gosh. Anyway, moving on. Monday night game. Eagles at Buccaneers. The Eagles are favored by three points. By the way, I saw this pointed out by some people, too, for script writing. It's funny that uh, Jalen Hurts gets a finger injury and just so happens to get an extra day rest over every, all the other teams in the playoffs. You know, I mean, just saying. He gets, he gets a finger injury and he just happens to get the Monday game? I mean, come on now. Come on now, NFL. <laughs> uh, but anyway. Yeah, to be honest, this is going to be like the worst playoff game. And uh, they get Monday. Bill Steelers? That's going to be the worst playoff game. I mean, as far as... This it, is the game Kenny Pickett's going to come out and throw 400. As far as entertainment right. value, this is yeah, the worst. The Bills will be more fun to watch than this. Yeah. Uh, this Here's the thing. The, it's possible in my mind that the Eagles could come out and just look like early season Eagles right here. But I don't anticipate that. I don't. Had, I think Brown's not playing, playing, is he? I don't think he's playing. Yeah, AJ Brown probably isn't playing. Yeah, I, I don't know, dude. I, I, I think the Buccaneers may win this game. I, I, I think they might win, dude. The Eagles just look bad, really bad, man. I don't. Know. The Buccaneers are terrible. Buccaneers aren't good either. But man, the Eagles, the Eagles look. They, the Eagles just got obliterated by the Giants. Just destroyed. The Giants just look like a better football team the whole game. Wait a second. What did you just say? You think the Buccaneers are going to win this game? Yes. Stop. No, no, Stop. Tanner, I was telling you mathematically. Tanner's about to get mad at me for telling him not to do money line favorite on the Eagles. I was. Stop. You. I'm. My point was, I, get, I know, I get it. But it still, doesn't make sense. To I know, I get it. A money still, line favorite, I just, three or under. Okay, I get it. Doesn't make any sense. I get it. But still, go. Anyway, um, so I mean, gosh, this game could go a lot of different ways too, though. It could. I mean, maybe Jalen Hurts looks unstoppable in this game. The Eagles are winning this game. Okay. It's supposed to be raining in this game, too, which I think will help the Eagles a yeah. lot. So, we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, anything anything else either you guys wanted to say about this? No? Okay. That dude uh, just disappeared. He's okay. Gone. All right. Well, uh, we're going to move into our draft of teams. How are we going to do that? Well... I'm going to give a rundown of what our teams consist of right now. So, uh, we're we're going to our draft of teams that are not making the Super Bowl. We're going to pick six more teams today, which will leave us with only two teams that are not picked at the end of uh, at the end of today. So, our current teams are Brandon, Bears, Patriots, Chargers, Jets, Seahawks, Saints, Buccaneers, Browns. So on my team right now, I've got two teams that are in the playoffs. Then Panthers, Cardinals, Commanders, Vikings, Broncos, Falcons, Bengals, Cowboys. Ben has one team that is in the playoffs. Tanner, Titans, Giants, Raiders, Colts, Texans, Steelers, Packers, Dolphins. Tanner has four teams that are in the playoffs. All right. So today we'll be adding a 
several more teams that are in the playoffs. Tanner, you get first pick. Who are you taking? I am taking the Lions. Interesting. Yes. Uh, I definitely don't think that the I don't think they win this game, especially without Sam. Um yeah, so I'm definitely taking the Lions. All right, Tanner, you did the same thing this week that you did last week. What's that? You skipped out on a team that is out of the playoffs. I will take the yeah, Jacksonville Jaguars. Dang it! Ben is getting some steals right now. I literally <laughs> made fun of him last week telling him he should pick the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's a joke. And Dang now it, that, bro. Now that, Forget about Jacksonville. Now that they're actually <laughs> because of the Titans, man forgets yeah, to pick them. I did. I did. Let's go. I did. Oh, my goodness, Tanner. That's back-to-back weeks that you, you made know, the bro. same mistake, bro. Neither team is winning. This is a Super Bowl, not playoff thing. Neither team is getting there. The Buccaneers already taken. Yes, they are. Yeah. By me. Um, gosh, I'm not touching them. I'm going to take – Tanner already took the Dolphins. He already took Somebody already took the Steelers. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. At least we got some tough ones here. Oh, my gosh. These are all t- – I'm, I'm going to – I'm Dude. I'm taking the Eagles. Oh, bro, I was going to – I thought you were taking the Chiefs. Eagles. Uh, which you're probably about to take the Chiefs. I don't know. We'll see. I'll, I'll take a I'll take a glance at them. Um, Lions gone. The entire NFC South gone. I'm not touching the NFC West. Uh, goodness gracious, man. Yeah, it's rough now. Oh <laughs> gosh, that's why I was so happy to get the Jaguar. <laughs> Oh my goodness, man. This is absolutely brutal. I'm going to go super crazy right here, dude. I'm taking the Ravens. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's my last team, my last team on my on my list. That's it. I just don't I don't think Lamar Jackson can win two games to get in there. I don't see it happening. All right, Ben. Who you got? All right, Brandon took both the teams that I wanted. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> Dang. That's what I get for getting the Jaguars to fall to me. Yeah, I just Tanner Tanner gave you the Bengals and Jaguars for yeah. free. That is what a, you made Ben's team so good, Tanner. Can't dump. Mine is going to be more impressive because I got actually good teams that did. <laughs> Mine is my list is going to be way more impressive. <laughs> I'm taking the Chiefs. I, right. I don't want to, but I have to. So, mm. all right. I I think that there's one obvious answer for Tanner to pick here, which is not going to be a fun one. But I think it's it's the Forty Niners. I think it's, I think it's I I think there's one team that's obvious here, but we'll let Tanner do it. You've got there's three teams available. I know. I'm, I'm so stuck. let's let's name the three I'm teams. Stuck, I'm stuck between two. You've got the Bills, so it's the, the Bills, Rams, it's the Bill. and the 49ers. That's your three options. I I know who I'm picking, but it's up to Tanner. Dude. 
We just completely screwed Tanner. Well, Tanner screwed himself up. The thing, the thing is, like... Pick the 49ers. I dude. W- dude, I want to pick the Rams. I, I just don't trust Josh Allen. I don't. Okay. I don't trust Josh Allen. That means every single AFC team will be on our list. So every, one of us has to lose. One of us will lose from the AFC, for sure. And it'll be Brandon, because it's going to be Ravens 49ers. <laughs> because that's what the colors do. Tanner, is that the final pick? Is that the final answer? Yes if, or no? If you don't know what I'm talking about, go look the conspiracy up. Super Bowl colors predicting the teams that are in the NFL Super Bowl. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the Bills. Okay. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the Bills. Every AFC taken. Every AFC taken. taken. All right. That does it. Final list. Brandon's team. Bears, Patriots, Chargers. Actually, I'm just going to list the teams that are in the playoffs for us. Brandon's team, you've got the Buccaneers, Browns, Eagles, and Ravens. It's my four. Ben has the Chiefs. Jaguars and Cowboys. But the Jaguars are not in the playoffs. Oh, sorry, sorry. Ben only has the Chiefs and the Cowboys thanks to Tanner's ridiculous. I have one AFC and one NFC team. That's, that's it. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Screw you, Tanner. Bro, just, if my list is going to be so impressive, yeah. bro, I'm telling you. So I think I'm just a good drafter, bro. And Tanner's team consists of Texans, Steelers, Packers, Dolphins, Lions, yep. and Bills. Yep. You got a lot of bullets to dodge, bro. Dude, I'm I'm doing this 100%. I'm telling you guys, I am very confident. Okay. I'm very confident. All right. I'm very confident. We'll see, man. We'll I'm see. feeling pretty good. Ben, ben, oh, set up. ben only has to dodge the Cowboys and the Chiefs. The Chiefs are winning the Super Bowl. I mean, Ben's in Cowboys good shape. Are winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> Ben's in really good shape. <laughs> Ben theoretically could be completely safe after this week. Yeah, I really could. <laughs> I mean, it could be it could, he could be safe after this week. It could be. I don't think that'll happen, but I theoretically could be. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go into our weekend bets now. Well, we'll just do our our pod parlay here, and our pod parlay. We did just playoff games this week. Tanner, what were your two picks? Uh, mine was. The Rams money line and the Eagles minus three. So Rams money line against the Eagles and Eagles minus no, three. Rams money line against the Lions Sorry, yeah. and Rams, the Eagles yeah. money line against the Bucks. Yes. No, Eagles minus three against the Bucks. Eagles minus three against the Bucks. And I pretty much made you do Eagles minus three. Yes. Uh, I hope they lose by two. I, Brandon, win by I, two? Or I hope they win by two. Legit, yes. I hope they do. So I will never let you. My philosophy down. is it, it never do. Really, I don't ever pick a favorite period uh, money line just because the value you get is just not good value at all. Um, but definitely, just minus three. Like you can get minus, you can get minus three. Like if you're gonna win, you're almost always gonna win by three points anyway. So anyway, so I, I, the value would just be a lot less. Uh, and you also picked the Rams money line, which was plus one forty two. That's nice little, nice little money right there. Ben, what were your two picks? My two picks were for the Green Bay Packers money line against the Cowboys. Yes. Which and I don't I don't 
I can't see the plus on that because it did the same game parlay with my total over on that, but yeah. I'll tell you the combination in a second. And then I did the under the hit in the Browns and Texans game, which is set at 44 and a half. Gotcha. And uh, I just think maybe some rookie jitters. I don't think the Browns offense is going to be quite as explosive with the Mark Cooper a little bit banged up. Yeah. So. And mine, I did the over 50.5 point total points for the Packers and Cowboys game. Uh, that combined with the Packers' money line by itself, just those two picks together, is plus 591. So those two together, like that's a that's some and big money right if there. If the Packers want to win, they're gonna have that's gonna have to go over. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. They're not shutting the Cowboys down. Uh, and my other pick was the over of 36 and a half in the Bills and Steelers game. I just think the Bills can come close to scoring that by themselves. So Brandon's filling the over this week in the playoffs. Yes. Which traditionally I have picked the under a lot in a lot of games this year. But this this I'm going over on those. Uh, I have to tell them what the wager and payout is. We put $1 each on this, and the payout is $118.05. So this is one of our biggest, if not our biggest. This is our biggest. I feel like we've had some other triple digits before, but they may have been slightly smaller than this. Uh, but this is a big one. The big, the reason why is because the Packers' money line. Packers are seven and a half point underdogs. The odds for the Packers to beat the Cowboys straight up is plus three hundred. Yeah, you're tripling your money. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a big underdog right there. But I I think it's I think that value is good. I like that value. I'm not I don't I'm not saying I think the Packers will win, but that's good value. I think they could so. win one in three games. Yeah, I agree. Well, not every three. Yeah, they. I agree with that. That's good value. But anyway, hopefully we get one. Hope. What if the first one we ever get is a playoff one that's actually like way bigger money than most of the ones we've been missing? That'd, That'd be, be insane. Nice. That'd be insane. Let's do it. That'd be awesome. Uh what are you guys most excited for? Um, to go to sleep. <laughs> I, I'm most. I'm still most excited for the Rams at Lions. I'm most. Ex- I, I think I'm, just, I'm most excited for the Cowboys Packers. Yeah, fair. Yeah, I'm most excited for that. I'm most excited that Arthur Smith is fired. <laughs> what really? So I'm Desmond Ritter's still going to be your quarterback. I'm not excited for any of the AFC games, like at all. I, I don't. I just don't find. I don't think any of them are that interesting, to be honest with you. I, but I. I honestly think Browns Texans could be an interesting game, yeah, in the true. most least interesting way possible. Like you're gonna be watching <laughs> it and gonna be like, "What am I watching?" But it's gonna be entertaining. It'll so. be one of those. It'll be boring until the fourth quarter. Yeah, and all of a sudden the fourth quarter it becomes really yeah. exciting. I can, At least if it goes how I think it will. Yeah, I can definitely see that. All right. Uh, before we wrap it up, I do want to give a quick little shout out to college basketball. I know most people aren't paying attention to it yet. But, yeah. it, but it's already getting super crazy, super exciting. The The top teams just keep losing constantly week in, week out. Number one yesterday, number one Purdue lost at Northwestern. Number two Houston lost to Iowa State. Uh, and then today, number three Kansas lost at UCF. And number five Tennessee lost at Mississippi State. And all those losses were to unranked teams. Um, so it, it's, it's getting fun already. It's getting exciting. Uh, just so as soon as the NFL season is over, start paying attention to that because it's already started. It's already chaos. I can't wait for the rest of the season. It's going to be so much fun. Um, 
there's no – this is because of the NIL and transfer portal. In college basketball, there are no dominant teams. There's every team can beat every team pretty much. It's fun to watch. So, yes. All right. Anything you guys want to add? Or are we done? I think we're good. All right. Oh, did you guys hear in other news? Did you guys hear about the reporter that got arrested for masturbating on his reports? No. No, I did not. The police officer said it was just a room full of sticky notes. All right. That was that was better than last. It was better than last. Time. That was a good one. Y'all got to admit. I'll, I'll give you. It was better. Still not that great. That was a good one. Do better. Dude, that. What? Talk to you later. See ya.